1: Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. This is John Gabriel of ricochet.com of AZ Central and of the King of Stuff podcast, filling in for Seth as uh, we uh, drift into the weekend uh, for the next hour. Um, Instead of talking to people writing about the issues of the day and the COVID lockdowns and the effect it's having on small businesses, I wanted to talk to someone who has been on this from the start, local PR pro, Susie Tim of uh, Knife and Fork Media. I've been friends for a long time and she works with a lot of restaurant owners, a lot of small business owners trying to promote. And she's really revealed a lot of what these great Americans working hard, trying to live the American dream, what they've been experiencing since March. Welcome to the show, Susie. Hey, John.
2: It's uh, been a while since I've been on radio, and I've never had a little drummer boy intro before. So, <laughs> first, I got to say, yeah, uh, that really
1: sealed it for me. <laughs> yeah, first for everything. Now, you there wrote you, you wrote for Ricochet a fantastic piece that uh, just kind of talked about what small business owners, and especially in the restaurant industry and hospitality industry, which is so important to our local economy, what they're dealing with. Um, how have they've been holding up during these unprecedented times.
2: Well, John, I was on my, I'm on my way back from a lovely afternoon tennis match, and I, I got a text from one of my clients just a minute ago, and this just really exemplifies the situation. He said, hey, Susie, this weekend, can you work on some social media posts for us to push takeout again because COVID is starting to really eat into our dine-in business? And he's probably the fourth client in the last 24 hours to tell me that. Um, And it's just, it's it's been a year of huge downs, a few ups, and tons of uncertainty. And um, it's just really hard to run a business when you don't know when the next shoe's going to drop. I guess you'd think we would be all used to panic mode and uncertainty. But really, when you're trying to staff a restaurant, order food... Make sure that um, everything runs smooth in a pretty complicated business that's hard to predict anyway. It uh, this year certainly has made it nearly impossible.
1: So, yeah, it's just been awful. And I know I related earlier on the show. My wife wanted to support local business. We try. We worked really hard to do that. Little independent coffee houses and restaurants. And uh, one of her absolutely favorite places in the East Valley. She went to order lunch to pick up today. And it turns out they closed down about two weeks ago. Then she went to her second choice. They closed down. She isn't sure when. And it's just heartbreaking, especially when you develop relationships with these people who are just working their rear ends off. Running a restaurant, this is not a nine-to-five job. This is a twenty four seven kind of a deal. And uh, just to see them suffering through these, you know, just – seemingly random edicts that are coming out. A lot of the media have been wanting more them to be more strict, but then governments, depending on which city you're in, are just locking things down because they aren't going to lose their jobs. They're in politics. Right. Uh, it, it's just yeah, so every, maddening.
2: Every time I... Sorry, John, go ahead. Oh, go for it. No, i was just going to say, you know, the biggest frustration is the people who scream the loudest for lockdowns, shutdowns, closing dining in, everything are the people who keep getting a consistent paycheck. So, you know, I I hear a lot of people say, well, maybe people take COVID seriously when someone dies in their family. I see that a lot on from the left on Twitter. But then the other thing that I find frustrating is if you keep getting a paycheck, I don't want to hear your opinion on lockdowns because you haven't had to miss a meal and you haven't had to make really hard choices, like laying off people who work for you that are like members of your family or not being able to pay your rent to your landlord. I've heard that. So many of my clients have had to have deals with their landlords, and some landlords have been really generous and kind, but some landlords haven't. And, and sometimes I get it because those landlords have bank notes they have to pay too. And when I, when I see people like Congresswoman from Minnesota um, saying things like cancel you know, rent and cancel mortgages, I'm thinking, well, you could cancel it, but then what happens? I mean, it's just not that simple. There's, right. there's a huge chain of people that are affected in the financial sector when this happens. And then, of course, in the restaurant industry, I think a lot of people forget that farmers and meat producers and all of the suppliers, brokers, bro- I mean, everything in the chain is decimated while restaurants are being decimated. And it's it's, frust- it's very frustrating. I mean, we lost, as a company, we lost 80% of our business in March. Wow. And you know that's a that's a tough pill to swallow. Luckily, we've been able to build back a good amount, but everything is so tenuous that you just don't know again when when's the next surprise
1: coming. So. Right, right, exactly. And um, when you think of all the damage that has occurred in our state of Arizona, you know, multiply that by a hundred for the poor business owners in California, you know. The chefs, the people like you say, who when you're running a small enterprise, your staff is like your family. This is not some nameless faithful a faceless corporation where you just have all these drones working for you out of 100,000 employees. These are people, you know, you were there when their kid was born. You went to their weddings. These are personal relationships. And uh, to tell people right before Christmas, hey, you're going to lock down. So sorry if you got to uh, lay off all your employees. You know, I say instead of uh, canceling these businesses, why don't we uh, cancel taxes and politicians for a few years? See how they deal with that.
2: Well, I would love that. Um, there's a chef in California, Andrew Gruel. I don't know if you follow him on Twitter. yeah sure is. follow. And he's a very interesting gentleman. and he he made a video yesterday that might have some questionable language in it, but <laughs> it it made he made some very, very good points, and it's he spent so much money trying to adhere to the Los Angeles rules about outdoor dining. And he bought heaters and dividers and all these things to make his restaurants function with an outdoor-only edict. And they turn around and say, never mind, now outdoor dining is also not safe. And, you know, who wouldn't be frustrated? And and I, I see people rising up and fighting back and... It doesn't mean we don't believe in the pandemic. It doesn't mean that we don't take it seriously. Heck, I started wearing a mask, John, in March. Mm-hmm. So I'm very pro being careful, making good decisions, not, you know, congregating, all of these things. But you can do that and not crush someone's entire life at the same time. The, the treatment cannot be worse than the sickness. And that is, unfortunately, whether people want to face it or not, that is the situation with restaurants. I think... We said, as the Restaurant Association in Arizona is my client, so I'm constantly talking to people on this topic for that reason as well. But we expect of the 10,000 restaurants statewide, we've already lost 2,000, are already gone forever. And I expect that number to potentially go as high as 4,000. I mean, that's just, uh, how can that even, it blows my mind.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely crazy, and yeah, once again, you have so many people in the local media and the national media just being so blase about calling for lockdowns, calling for mandatory mask ordinances, calling to shut down schools. These are real people, and I'm very thankful that you get a consistent paycheck because you can work from home, type up your articles, and post them remotely. Um, The rest of, you know, Arizona, the rest of the nation does not have that privilege. Uh, Instead, people still need to make a living. They still need to work. And especially when you have situations like Nancy Pelosi holding up COVID relief for, what was it, six months at least. And now she's saying, oh, I guess we can do it now for a smaller amount. Um, It will make your blood boil. And it's having a very negative effect on Americans. You
2: know, and John, one other point is we forget. I I was in some argument the other day with a woman on Twitter who was, you know, talking about how Ducey shouldn't have wasted time during his press conference this week about having Steve Chukri from the Restaurant Association on because there's so many bigger problems and no one really cares about it. And I said, look, first of all, we're capable of multitasking as humans. Right. We can care about restaurants at the same time as we can care about death rates, infection rates, masks, et We're We're a little more nuanced, ma'am, than that. But second of all, the disproportionate effect that shutting down mom and pop businesses has on our lower and, you know, lower class and middle class, it, it's insane. We are hurting those people that are most vulnerable in our society with these closures. And the idea that people can't grasp that, it's not about, well, I keep hearing people say, well, restaurants need to do a better job of managing their, their money Small businesses, if they don't have enough money to operate for three weeks, and I'm thinking, well, you only say that if you've never owned a small business. Because it, they're especially not a
1: restaurant.
2: Yeah. And they have to lay off all the people who are on the front lines, some of whom are living, pay, many of whom live paycheck to paycheck. Those Absolutely. Those are the people we're hurting.
1: Yeah. Can you hold so. on with us through the ad break so we can chat more? Oh, yeah. Sure, Fantastic. Yeah. We're going to take a few ads, and then we'll be back with Susie Tim of Knife and Fork Media. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. We have Susie Tim on, who works with restaurants and other small businesses in here in Arizona, from the Phoenix area, and uh, just sharing with us the impact that COVID and this uncertain business environment is having, and how out of touch so many people are who have secure paychecks, actually wanting them to lock down. So, yeah, it, you gave a stat that it was something like. 2,000 restaurants have closed down out of 10,000 in the state. Is it mostly yep. in Maricopa County? Is this happening all over the state?
2: Statewide. Statewide. Um, definitely mostly in Pima and, and Maricopa, but um, they're definitely in Sedona and Flagstaff. I've heard of some restaurants closing, some of the outlying smaller towns as well. But I would say the, the vast majority in Tucson and Phoenix. So,
1: Yeah, I was... Uh, uh, Basically, since every other state closed down, we took our family vacation in an undisclosed White Mountains region, I will say. And, uh, yeah, those restaurants were uh, doing pretty banner business, not only from people fleeing the heat uh, from the Phoenix and Tucson areas, but lots of people from other states, especially California, since everything was locked down there. They're like, we're going over to Arizona, going to hang out in the cool pines and frequent those businesses. So, uh, boy, hopefully more of these places will survive because it's just ridiculous what's happening to them.
2: Yeah, one of my clients in uh, Phoenix told me early on, you know, as PPP money was kind of rolling out and he was able to secure some, and, and what he said to me is, you know, this year is, is going to be a very perilous tightrope walk between... When He basically said, when when are we going to run out of money? And he's like, it's, it's how long can I dance on the tightrope before I'm out of it? And this is a restaurant that has been open since 1996, and typically December they make more revenue because they have some pretty big private dining spaces. They make more money in December than they do for between, let's say, May and September in one month. So he told me he doesn't even think this December he will break even because they can't take any group. I mean, they can take small group business, but most people who rent his space, you know, they have 80 people at their Christmas dinner. I mean, that's a huge bill.
1: Definitely.
2: And not being able to book one after another all the whole month of December, I mean, that's, that's a massive impact. Um, he actually told me a story about how one of their customers came to him yesterday and said, I'm going to give $1,000 um, to your team, and, you know, he said it almost moved into tears because he's not able to pay his employees his, the regular Christmas bonus that he does, and so this benefactor is going to do that, and, wow. you know, it's not, of course, $1,000 doesn't stretch that far over a huge team, but you know what? It's better than zero, Right. and every single person on that team will be incredibly grateful for every penny they get because,
1: their tips are down, their hours are down. I mean, it, it's just so, so sad. And it, it, what's really galling, too, because back in March, everyone, coast to coast, here in Arizona as well, of course, was saying two weeks to slow the spread. That was the, that was the official line, two weeks to sl- slow the spread. And uh, we obediently did that. People all over the state did that. And then two more weeks, and then two more, and then a month more. And now we're, you know, almost to the end of the year, and this is still going on. These, uh, especially in the hospitality industry, uh, spring training, that is a huge time, spring in general is, for people visiting from other cities, trying to get away from the cold, and that's where they make bank. Well, that was completely stolen from them. Uh, you had it was tough for local people to get support these people. But then travel was shut down for so many. So they weren't able to come out and give that boost in the local economy that we've grown used to over the decades.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you look at the numbers for uh, visitors and bed tax numbers in the city of Scottsdale or the city of Phoenix, they're down so significantly that, you know, that starts to impact everything that these cities can do, too, because those bed tax dollars fund all sorts of things that the average person doesn't know about. You know, John, when you said two weeks to slow the spread, so there's two times in my adult life I can remember things coming out of politicians' mouths, okay? (laughs) I can remember George Bush Sr. saying, you know, read my lips, no new taxes. And I can remember Obama saying, if you like your health care, you can keep your health care. Here's the thing. The biggest lie that has ever been sold to the American people ever that has impacted more human beings than those other two lies combined is two weeks to slow the spread. And what I can't believe is there are not more people that are fuming mad about what a big freaking lie that actually is. Because it wasn't two weeks. It is indefinite. Who knows? I mean, at this point, I don't have any hope that 2021 is going to be any different. So I just want to know why more people aren't, like, standing up and just saying, I just don't know how we became a nation of people who just are sheep and just freaking do whatever Big Brother says. It just doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't.
1: Yeah, Um, and I don't know. Growing up, it was always the rebels who were the cool ones, and now the rebels are being treated (laughs) like monsters (laughs) by by the culture at large. And I I think a lot of this, too, is a lot of people feel the way that you and I do, and most of our listeners do as well. But – They have a media telling them every day that if you go against their narrative, which shifts constantly, then you hate science and you're a bad person and you're trying to kill grandma. Uh, No, we're trying to save people's lives. We're trying to save people's businesses. You have suicides at record rates. You have domestic violence at record rates. You have people who need health care, whether it's a cancer screening, uh, mental health support that are not being helped. So, yeah, that's great that you're trying to prevent people from uh, dealing with COVID because that's awful. But what about all these other things? It's not an either-or thing. You need to protect the public from everything with your public health policy. And all they seem to care about is this virus that came out of bat soup in China. It's just ridiculous. You
2: know, I've, I've been I put a lot of thought into this because, frankly, what else have I done this year besides <laughs> watch Netflix and play tennis? Not much. Um, I've been taking a vacation, that's for sure. But, you know, I... I I wonder if this is the first time in a long time that those on the left feel like they have the moral high ground over everyone else. Because typically, you know, conservatives are are put in that position, right? We're the ones who want to legislate morality or whatever, you know, the beating drums say. And this is like the first time that a lot of people get to be holier than thou. And I think they like it. I think they really like it because it's so fun to go on social media and yap about. I saw somebody inside of fries without a mask, or I was at a restaurant in the patio had seventeen point four people, and I reported them. And it gives them a chance to like finally be in that role. And I don't really think they're drunk with power on it, and they love it.
1: Yeah. So, They really do. And they're not going to want to relinquish it, even as vaccines roll out to Arizona and the rest of the country. And that's what we have to be uh, brutally honest about stopping them from uh, just continuing this indefinitely. Susie, Tim, thanks so much for being on. Thanks so much for sharing your real world experience with our listeners. We appreciate it. Thanks, John. And we will be back. We have a break. And after that, we have 30 minutes to go. I'll be taking your calls, by the way. We don't have a guest. 602-508-0960. If you want to share your opinions about COVID or anything else in the news, we'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show here on 960 The Patriot. This is John Gabriel. This isn't Seth. Uh, Hopefully he's uh, getting an early start to his weekend, but I am filling in. It's uh, you can give us a call, by the way, 602-508-0960. We have been talking a lot about these COVID lockdowns and things like that. Um, I don't know. I feel like. I'm the only sane man left in America. But when I talk to other people about these lockdowns, they are in complete agreement with the majority of us, that they have gone too far. It's just kind of ridiculous. And this panic um, that you're seeing from all over the place is just really disturbing. Um, This is not how many of us expected America to be. This is a Nation of Patriots, Home of the Brave, you know, an independent streak a mile long, especially in Arizona, uh, I try to talk to a lot of people. I've worked for various companies locally and you have a lot of people from other places and uh, sometimes they'll try to figure out Arizona and I said the way to understand Arizona is it's not that, especially when you're talking politics, it's not that we're conservative politically or liberal conservative uh or, we're not progressive or conservative, but what Arizonans traditionally have been is contrarian. If someone in D.C. or a Wall Street office or the media center of L.A. or the tech capital of Silicon Valley, when they tell Arizonans you need to do A, we will instinctively do B. Uh, there, There is a big... Um, kind of contempt for people telling us what to do. And, uh, we'll change our mind if we have to. I remember way back when, um, in the 80s, I was in the Navy at the time, but I just followed the news from abroad. I was in Hawaii. And, um, when you had an MLK Day vote and it was like 60 40 that it was going to pass, it seemed like it was easily passed. It wasn't a big deal. Everybody was going to pass it. Then just before the election, the NFL threatened Arizona. Unless you vote for it, we're going to pull the Super Bowl from your cities. We don't want anything to do with you. You have to do as you're told. Well, the initiative ended up losing 40 to 60 at this time because people are just like, you don't threaten us. We make our own decisions and we don't have the racial pain that – people have experienced in the South or northern cities like Boston. Um, we didn't have a big deal. We were the first state in the union to even vote for the issue because governments had imposed it on people. So basically, a couple of years later, it came back to the vote. It passed with a ton of votes, uh, well over 60, 40, if memory serves. Um, but what happened is the people organizing the vote this time talked to the NFL other sports figures, other entertainment figures, and they said, keep your mouth shut. Do not threaten the people of Arizona because they're instinctively going to do the opposite. I was talking earlier with Steven Cruiser, Arizona kid. I grew up in Phoenix. grew up in Tucson. But it's just this attitude of if you see a wall with a sign that says wet paint on it, you're going to touch it. And I'm just used to Arizona being this way. I'm used to most people in America being that way, being the rebel, uh, being the revolutionaries, uh, being the people who won't be told, no, uh, we're going to do what we want. And uh, it's just very frustrating to see so many people just meekly bowing their head to what some moron on CNN is ordering them to do and how to think and feel – Uh, When a politician from D.C. who's been completely insulated from any kind of negative repercussions of these lockdowns or COVID in general, ordering us around and telling us what to do, um, you expect to see more of that independent spirit. Uh, Thankfully, uh, the media is wrong. Um, They are not on the side of science. They are on the side of hysteria, which is the least scientific thing you can possibly do. Panic and hysteria do nothing positive. It certainly doesn't protect you from a virus. You'll just stress yourself out so you're weaker to any kind of sickness that might come your way. Um, When you talk to average folks, when you talk to you know everyone listening to the show has had this experience where you're out and about, you're getting your hair cut, you're getting your car repaired, you're just walking down and you run into a neighbor you haven't chatted with in a while. Most of the people here are commonsensical. And it doesn't matter, once again, if you have an R or D after your name or an I for independent. Uh, People know that a lot of this is nonsense. And none of this is to say that, oh, we don't take the virus seriously. We don't believe in it. No, we just believe that it is a risk and we are going to mitigate that risk. But we are not going to hide under our bed weeping for the next year (laughs) as so many people want us to do. We are going to live our lives and we are going to do it carefully and we are going to protect the general public and our loved ones, of course. But, um, yeah, just this nonstop panic is just crazy. It's literally crazy. Hey, we're going to be doing a quick break and then we're going to be getting back and we'll be taking calls as well. We have one on the line now. See you on the other side. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. This is John Gabriel filling in, and uh, give us a call. The show's got about, what, 16 minutes left? Uh, 602-508-0960 is the number, and we have Rick from Phoenix. How you doing, Rick?
0: Hey, there, John. Good to talk to you. Hey, uh, you're doing a great job of uh, filling in for Seth today, and I appreciate the program you've, you've done a lot.
1: Thanks so much.
0: I also am a Phoenix native, uh, born and raised here, and uh, uh, I thought that contrarian spirit was inherited from my uh, ancestors, but now that you mention it, I think it might have something to do with (laughs) being a desert rat, too. I don't know. (laughs) But my my, uh, suggestion is, it seems to me, over the last uh, 20 years or so, We have been uh, inundated. We've had a flood of people come into Arizona from other places, not just California, but, uh, you know, up north, south of the border, uh, even the southern states and whatnot. And I think maybe uh, we kind of reached a tipping point where the uh, propensities of of all of those folks – uh, have kind of overwhelmed the old uh, cowboy uh, 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 contrarian spirit that we're used to here in Arizona.
1: Yeah, I fear that as well. And the latest election results uh, kind of showed a worrying trend. I know I've written for the Republic saying, hey, welcome, Californians. We're glad to have you here. Yep. Why did you leave California? Can you remember <laughs> that every time you step into a voting booth? Because there's a reason you left. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, and I hear all the time from Californians wanting to move here, and I have to tell them, please leave your voting at home. Uh, we'd love to have you here. Uh, yep. Create jobs, take jobs, whatever. Uh, provide for a tax base. But uh, man, you cannot repeat these lessons. Uh The whole contrarian thing, I always think of my dad all the time uh, when it comes to politics. And I remember many years ago when I was this idealistic college student, still to the right, of course, but I was chatting with him. We had all these propositions on the ballot and I was going through them with my dad saying, all right, how are you voting on these things? How are you voting on this? It'll lower taxes. He said, I'm voting no. And I said, okay, what about this? It'll allow such and such change in education. No. And he goes. Let me let me save you time, John. I'm I vote no on every single proposition. And I said, why do you vote no even to lower taxes? He goes, John, if one of these passes, that means change, and change is bad. And I went, all right, now that's conservative. It's just yeah. like you know, that is Arizona through and through.
0: Very simple philosophy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he would, he would vote to reelect. He uh, would vote to reelect certain politicians. Who had a D after the name? And I'm like, Oh, why'd you vote for that person? He goes, I haven't heard their name in four years. That means they're leaving me the hell alone. (laughs) I went, All right. I I can respect that.
0: That's great. Well, thanks again for doing a great job of uh, filling in for Seth and uh, keep up the good work that you're doing uh, elsewhere, too.
1: All right. Really appreciate that, Rick. Thanks so much for calling in. Uh, Great to have that perspective. Yeah, it's one of the great concerns we have uh, here, longtime Arizonans. Uh, We've always been, you know, what you would call a transient state. People are in and they're out all the time. And that's why. I'll have to, like, give Arizona 101 to employees. You know, you have people working at Intel or Honeywell or small businesses starting all over. And uh, there's a lot of flux, but there's a reason businesses locate here and uh, ship you out from Minnesota or Maine or wherever you might have started. And uh, there's a reason people are fleeing these high-tax states. Um, Just visit California. It's so sad because I remember being a little kid And we would go out to San Diego or go out to Disneyland, uh, you know, drive from Phoenix across that gorgeous desert in the scorching August heat. And uh, you'd go to California and it was like it still had that attitude of this is the golden state. This is paradise. You know, you have this wonderful climate. You got the ocean. You got surfers. It's great. Now, every time I visit, I'll go there for an interview or I'll have a conference out there or just visiting friends. Get out there every year or two, and it's always worse. The traffic's worse. The infrastructure's a little more crumbled. There's a little more graffiti on the bridge overpass. And it's just tragic what they've done to that state. And um, you just really hope that they don't bring those voting instincts here. It's not in our character, and it doesn't work. And once again, I don't care if you have an D after your name. I'm getting far less partisan the older I'm getting. Um, instead of uh, wanting someone to agree with every single political view I have, I want them to be sane. And what California has been doing, their governors, their various mayors, has not been sane. It hasn't worked. And you're seeing the job producers flee. Just today, Elon Musk, who's up around the Bay Area, if memory serves, He just uh, has been telling friends, I'm moving to Texas. I'm done with this. We need to make Arizona a place where they say, no, I'm moving to Arizona. We've picked up a lot of businesses, but that is not going to continue if you have a situation where we're raising taxes on the rich to pay union administrators. It's just absolutely crazy. There was a story today, trying to remember where it was, oh, on ABC 15 Arizona on their site. And it talks about businesses already getting ready to leave. Uh, One decided that they're going to move. It's called Landmark Recovery. And uh, they run addiction treatment centers. They operate all over the state. They've already announced we're moving to Nashville, Tennessee, because what this would do, this tax increase, would raise their personal taxes 78%. Now, in what sane environment, uh, and I don't care where you are on economics... It's insane. You're almost doubling taxes on the highest earners. But, you know, these are not rich people wandering around in tuxedos on their golf course and smoking a Cuban cigar. These are people running a restaurant. These are people running an auto body shop. These are plumbers. These are everyday Arizonans who are working their butts off. Some of them have had a little success. Some of them are just taxed as if all the business is just like a financial playground to them. But they need that money just to keep afloat and to pay their, pay their employees. And it's just crazy uh, going on these things. Basically, it's if you're single filing, you need to make 250 k or more. If you're filing jointly, $500K. Um, in other words, like half the value of a farm if you happen to own a farm or something like that. And their taxes went from 4.5% kicked up to 8%. And, okay, education, yes, it's important. You know what it doesn't need? More money going outside of the classroom to special interest, to teachers' unions. Uh, more income going to the school district office so their bureaucrats can institute a new diversity program. If we want to spend more on education, direct it to the kids. The purpose of education is educating children. It's not... Administrators sitting around in a district office. And I'm not trying to demonize anybody who works in a district office. A lot of them are, I would say most of them are great people working their rear ends off, and that's great. But we need to put the kids first, and there's going to be no education system if we completely gut our economy. It's crazy. So let's, uh, oh, I hear the Rush music playing. That means we're fading out to another break. I'll be back with you in a few minutes to wrap up the show and head into the weekend. Keep listening to 960 The Patriot, and we'll talk to you on the other side. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. This is John Gabriel filling in for the next couple of minutes before we wrap up the Seth Liebson Show. And, yeah, the Carefree Highway uh, song, my dad would listen to that while I was a little kid driving up and down Carefree Highway up there in North Phoenix. I grew up. How to describe it? 34th Street and Cactus, right around there. And I was a paper boy, too. That was where my paper route was. And they obliterated my entire paper route to build the SR-51. So I wanted that to be a National Historic Monument, the John Gabriel Childhood Home on, uh, gosh, whatever, 12602 North 34th Street. I still remember the address. But, alas, it has been uh, terminated along with the neighborhood. Now I'm the on-ramp from, on to, I don't know. From Cactus Road, I would guess. That's probably where I was. But back when I was a little kid, that was the northern edge of Phoenix, and all north of us was mostly desert. Um, that's not exactly North Phoenix anymore. It's about the geographic center of town, most likely, now that we have Anthem. But thanks so much for listening. Thanks for calling in. Thanks to all of our guests Spencer Cleveland, Stephen Cruiser, Susie Tim. And we've been talking a lot about COVID. Um, let it go. Uh, <laughs> politicians back off and uh, one of the good things about being on the right is your life is not politics. Uh, your life is not about avoiding one particular virus which is hitting us um, at any given time. Uh, you got your friends, you got your family, you got your hobbies, you got your job. There are all sorts of things that are far more important than the government uh, than politicians who think they are a reason for living. Uh, politicians aren't. Bureaucrats aren't. Um, we all have a uh, right to pursue happiness as we see fit, attend the worship services we like, read the books we like, classics or something brand new. So uh, take advantage of that. Uh, we still have that here in America. And a lot of us um, are a lot more commonsensical than the media would have us believe You are not alone by wanting to push back against the prevailing culture, which tells you what to think. And they also change the rules every six weeks, it seems like, uh, whatever the latest moral hysteria they've cooked up is about. Um, Now, we're all independent Americans, and uh, we'll do well if we just remember that fact. And remember that we do not need to listen to all the advice coming from our quote-unquote betters who are anything but. So uh, one of the great things about talk radio is you get to hear – from Americans. In this case, Phoenicians, people all over Maricopa County in the state. It's the best part of it because everybody listening to the show is more intelligent than anybody in Washington, D.C. There, I said it. I'm sorry. I I was offered jobs there in the past. I'm like, nope, can't do it, cannot. I do not want to turn into the hive mind that uh, the Beltway makes people. Uh, We are independent here in Arizona and uh, other states of America. We don't need to listen to our betters because we know that they aren't our betters. Thanks so much for listening. Have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy getting ready for the great holiday season. And hopefully I'll be talking to you again. Seth will be back next week. Thank you for listening.